Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I'm being followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss Harold and Maud, which released in 1971 from writer Colin Higgins and director Hal Ashby. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Harold, played by Bud Court. Harold is kind of in a dark patch of his life and is trying to get out from underneath his overbearing mother. He comes across Maud, played by Ruth Gordon, who starts to show him a new way to look at the world and he starts to understand love. I should like to change into a sunflower, most of all. They're so tall and simple. What flower would you like to be? I don't know. So this film came out sort of, well, early 70s, right, mm. with the hippie love and very uh, sort of um, counterculture period of, of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Especially, uh, and, and this film kicked up a bit of a controversy when it came out. Oh, right. Because, well, thematically, critics looked at it and went, nobody wants to watch a movie where a, a teenage boy wants to have sex with their grandma. And so it kind of... Uh, this is pre pre-graduate right yeah you know, no, just jacking you know <laughs> uh but since this film's release it has been loved and cherished by film fans cinema fans and eventually critics around the world this film has been celebrated it has become a cult movie nice. and anyone who is a fan of cinema has very likely seen this film thankfully as well this film got a stunning blu-ray release uh, almost 10 years ago now so it absolutely looks fantastic i mean i gotta say like i i i'm kind of at loss for words with this movie and i know that's a bit of a shock um because like this 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 movie hit some chords you know it tugged on some heartstrings and i was I, I suppose i was well relaxed as i was getting ready to watch it because when gary and i said oh you know we've got harold and maud next like i remember saying to you it's like oh is that bud court and you were like really is bud court's in it and we had a quick look you know and we got a quick flick of harold hanging in his front room which we were like is this a comedy that's right i think it is it's a romantic comedy in the first five minutes we're seeing a guy hanging in his front room but like when i sat down to watch the film you know normally i'm like you know i'm ready to analyze and take apart and did you I did, well, I did months ago because well, the, the, before we was on the list, it just so happened I was like going through Wikipedia and I happened to Wiki Harold and Maud and I was like, oh, that'll be interesting to watch one day. Not even thinking it was on our fucking list. So then when I was ready, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I just, I couldn't remember where okay. the story went. I just knew that, you know, Bud Court uh, met up with Ruth Gordon, who's just an absolutely fucking lovely, fucking amazing actress who just, you know, if... I'm not saying that female actresses nowadays don't know how to act. I'm just saying that if you look back at some of them who had to work through the silent movie era, you know, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, and still have a career leading into the 60s, 70s, and 80s, those actors and actresses, you know, really knew their craft. And, the you know, the movie... Oh, man, i got to say as well, before we get too deep into this, Cat Motherfucking Stevens! Well... 
like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I never thought I would be in agreement with this. Like, like, well, I, I've always kind of liked Cat Stevens. My mum kind of, you know, brought me up on that kind of era of music between that and Dr. Hook and some others. Like, I listened to the music and I didn't understand what they were singing about because a lot of them are messages of that generation type of thing. Um, but there was a part of me in this, while watching this film, thinking... Oh, they're using way too much Cat Stevens. It's it's being used way too much. And then there was like a whole section where it wasn't in for ages. Right, yeah. So then when he kicked back in, I was like, Cat, you're back! I missed Well, yeah, I mean, his music doesn't necessarily fit too well with some of the more morbid uh, interests that Harold has yeah. throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. Our introduction to him, Harold doesn't even speak for like his first seven minutes of screen time. Yeah. And, and the opening of the film, like even when the title pops up, we just watch this figure. We don't even see who it is. We just see this figure walk down the stairs yeah. and walk off preparing. I mean, the somber feeling of this, the way that we're yeah. not, the way that the film doesn't even show you who this is, it like the film language is saying this is pre-suicide. Yeah. It all feels like we're watching a ritualistic suicide, and he does, and he hangs himself. Yeah, and then his mum walks out <laughs> and just notices it. And just just carries on. Just carries on. Um, and so you're just like, what? Wait a minute. What? What is this? Exa like exactly. So immediately, I've already seen this clip when I've sat with him. So now I'm sat in my own in my house, and I'm getting the joke, and I'm laughing, and I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing? Is this is this how this movie's supposed to set up? And there's Bud Court, you know, hanged there in the middle of the room, looking at his mum, going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. At first, I was like, oh, he's dead. I was like, oh no, now he's dying. No, 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 he's still faking it. <laughs> he's still faking it. <laughs> and then we see him at the dinner table later, and he's like, yeah, I can't talk. Just remember, I hung myself. <laughs> well, that's not enough, because he's forced to eat his beetroots. Yes. And he goes off into the bathroom and makes an absolute mess of the place. Oh, man. I'd have killed him <laughs> if that was my son. <laughs> I know. I was just like, man, this mum is so good. Right. I mean, granted, she probably doesn't have to clean herself because this is an incredibly wealthy family. Yes. And I think they're in San Francisco. Yeah, I, th I think so. I think they really are, yes. Necessarily say. Um, we don't really hear about the, the back history of of um, Harold's dad. We, we, we kind of figure that he must have passed away at some point. But as mum states at the dinner table, like, dad was a bit eccentric. You know, he swam naked down the sign once upon a time. Um, but she's very, uh, you know, the actress Vivian Pickles playing uh, Mama Chasen, she is such a figure throughout this whole movie. You know, she she loves Harold, but because he's our only son and because obviously her husband's passed away or left or whatever, he, he's literally the only connection that she has. And so she just wants to keep him by her all the time, which is then obviously breaking Harold's spirit because he's got no friends. He doesn't need a job or have a job. You know, he he doesn't want for anything because his mum is so rich. Yeah. And of course, I got a immediate parallel to uh, Fight Club. Yeah. Where, oh. where, of course, Harold, like, he, he's given up on life. Yes. And so he ends up going, his support groups yes. are funerals. Yes. He goes there and he feeds on all of the negative or all of the sadness that's there. Yeah. And that's where he first gets introduced to Maud. Who kind of signals him, waves him over in the, at, the, at one of these church funerals? Christian face, commending your mercy. Brother, by the help of your grace, may he escape the sentence which he deserves for during. Man, I'm so glad you said Fight Club because, yeah, I immediately went, oh my God, 
It's Edward Norton and Helen Bonham Carter. Right, yeah. This is amazing! <laughs> oh, there's, there are a lot of people have said there's, there, there's clear inspirations from this film, this director, in all of the sort of odd-bod filmmakers that have come afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course... Harold is, he's not looking for a relationship. He's not really interested in this woman, but he kind of gets fascinated when he spots her again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he also had this incident where he knew something was not quite right with this Maud character when she's in this car and she drives off <laughs> and then the priest is just like, hey, that's my car. I oh, fucking God. <laughs> Now, just to say as well, the actress, Ruth, she never learned how to drive a car. <laughs> so all the scenes with her driving is, well, most of the time it's being towed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because there's a lot of driving sequences. There right? are, yes. <laughs> now, of course, Mum is trying to fix Harold. Yeah. Now, she is also a space cadet. I swear, she does not exist in the same reality as the she's, film. or she's as, rich. Or as Harold. Absolutely. Yeah. She's on a, another level. But she is... she. The, the actress is fantastic. And she is trying to now set Harold up with a girlfriend. She's like, I know what you need to get you out of your morbid sense of curiosity, and that's a wife. Yeah. So... Here we go. Sit down, Harold. I've got a questionnaire. We've got all these questions. I'm going to oh fill my out. God, I'm, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, do you approve of wife swapping? So like, well, I don't approve of this question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, Mama's sitting there answering all, all the questions herself. But she just answered everything. Oh, the scene was fucking amazing. It, 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 it's added to by the fact that Bud Court, Harold has sat there and he's got this box and he just opens it up and he pulls out the handgun and yeah. he starts loading up the bullets. Mum's still reading out the questions and answers yeah. and he shoots himself in the head. Well, he looks at her first, doesn't yeah. he? And he thinks about shooting her and I'm like, do it, Harold. It's so do funny. It. And then he's just like, no. And then he brings it back and he shoots himself. And Mum's just like, Harold, please, please behave yourself while we do this. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, her comic timing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bud Court, his expression when when he's doing that, it just makes it hilarious. Because, like, we know he's been faking suicides. You know, we've been to, we've had scenes with a psychiatrist yeah. talking oh, yes. to him. Um, but every time it looks real, like, the film language says, this is not a suicide, this is real. Yeah. It's only, like, by the halfway mark, you're just like, yeah, okay, I get it now. <laughs> it's like, the, psychi the psychiatrist says to him, doesn't he? He's just like, how many times have you faked your own death? And Bud's just like, 15? I'm like, so he knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. And, but at the same time, I, I'm also just like, there's a reason why he won't go through with it. He doesn't necessarily really want to die. He just, he kind of wants his mum to actually, you know, leave him alone or love him or do something. You know, he's missing something in his life. So then when he comes across Maud, I like when he goes and he gets the hearse. Yeah. Like Bud, uh, Harold Bud Court goes to a scrapyard and he just buys this rundown old hearse and he does it up and he's driving around in it. So then mum gets rid of it and gets him this brand spanking new Jaguar sports car and he's just really upset. So then Bud uh, converts it into a Jaguar hearse. <laughs> Which then leads to... What's it? Maud has already stolen the the uh, priest's car. So then when they go to another funeral, she comes bombing around in Bud's car. And, like, he's about to get in and the priest is like, Hey, aren't you the woman who stole my car? And she's like, Yep, 
That was probably me. <laughs> there you are, madam. Well, you're not the lady who drove my car off yesterday. Was that the one with the St. Christopher medal on the dashboard? Yes. Then I suppose it was me. Get in you get the sense of this anarchist that's literally just living inside the, this old lady who we find out is 79 years old. Yeah. And she is just about having fun and about living for the day. And she hair. starts to really bond with Harold or Harold becomes infatuated with her. He's intrigued by her. Well, is she? Well, then that's the thing. Like, is she an anarchist? Really, or like, well, we she's said. perceived that way because she's very anti authority. So. Yeah, well, I mean, well, she's not fully anti authority, she does kind of respect certain things, but she always also into you know living for the moment yes. seizing the day you know just like she said she lives in this old train car which i thought was just such an amazing set and then her place is just filled with all the stuff and she's like i don't have stuff i have memorabilia that i've collected over time you know and you're like oh my you know oh my god and this this the way that ruth gordon kind of created this character which, yeah, Harold starts to become infatuated by because of all the women that he loves. Obviously, he doesn't really lo necessarily love his mum. And the dates that he's been set up with, he's not really got anything in common. With Maud, at least they've got the bond of going to funerals together. But now she's, she's just dragging him along on all of her adventures. I mean, she, they see a tree. Right, they're bombing along in their fucking sports car that she's stolen, and she sees this tree and she parks the car up on the fucking sidewalk. And she's like, Look at this tree, it's so bare, it needs oxygen. And Howard's just like, Look, we can't do it, this is public property. And she's just like, No, no, we're gonna have to do something about it. And the police have come along and they've seen this car parked up on the curb, and they're looking at the car. And Maud comes along and she's like, oh my God, officers, what's going on? Is there something wrong with this car? And they're like, yeah, it's illegally parked. If we catch the people. And she's like, yeah, okay, thanks. What about that car over there? No, that one's fine. And she goes over and she steals another car. <laughs> right? She waves. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the, cop the copper's just sat in the car looking up like, wait a minute. Yes. Up, up. But then it's when they come back later, they steal a truck. Because obviously she doesn't drive. She doesn't have a license, you know. She, she steals a truck and they steal the fucking tree <laughs> out of the ground. And they're, they're just bombing it along the bombing along. And along comes an incredibly young Tom Skerritt on a motorbike as a cop. <laughs> and this sequence where well, I was in stitches because she gets pulled over and he's licensed registration. She's like, I don't have one. And he's just like, what do you mean? She's like, I've driven for four years. And I've never needed one. And you can tell that she's going to get arrested. But as he's getting ready, she she drives off. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, thank you, officer. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and I was just like, no, wait a minute. Like, do I actually pursue this? Or, oh, I suppose yeah. I've got him. <laughs> and he tries to. He pursues after him for a while. But then the, 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 she, she does a bunch of donuts around him. And he gets lost on his bike. So she bombs off. And then they bury it. They, they dig a hole. And they, they put the tree in there. And it's such a little beautiful moment of freedom. And in the forest. And Maud's so happy. And Harold's happy. Yeah. And then they're bombing back. And the copper tries to arrest them again. And they get pulled over. And you're thinking, oh, shit. It's real. Yeah. In possession of a stolen tree. Where's the tree? Oh, we planted it. You planted it. Is this your shovel? Uh, no. Possession of a stolen shovel. Don't get officious. You're not yourself when you're officious. That is the curse of a government job. Until Maud steals his bike. <laughs> Stop! 
absolutely brilliant. It's just brilliant. I mean, yeah, it's not really plausible, but you know, it's... I, d I don't know, mate. I've seen crannies do other <laughs> crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, you'd never suspect them, would you? No. <laughs> uh, but it's it's also Maud just has this whole history, and there is this one beautiful moment in the entire film that sticks with me, and I think. It, I think it really would stick with any viewer of this if you're watching it all the way through. And like it made me think after I'd watched it that there's a lot of people that watch this movie from 1971 or not even contemplate watching it because, oh, it's old. I don't like the actors. I don't like the story. But there's heart to this story, which a lot of films really don't have. Um, and there's a little sequence where you only get a brief glimpse, but it's where they're hugging next to the river. And he looks down at her wrist. And Harold notices um, just a concentration camp number on Maud's wrist. And it's such a beautiful moment because previously before that, like I'd missed who she was talking about in the train car to him. Like Ruth Gordon went on a bit of a, a, a speech about a loved one. Right. And I, I, I missed if it was a husband or a boyfriend or something. I think it was uh, an, an actual historical figure. Right, uh, right. Maybe she knew him. Uh, like, maybe, yeah, I don't know my history on this this subject entirely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, um, she she's reminiscing about somebody, I think, who was wrongly imprisoned. Right, right. If that's the, the conversation I think yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, I think she mentions it again at that sequence where the sun's setting and they're looking out over the horizon. You've got all this sort of hippie kind of stuff everywhere. It also, I mean, it, it's like a beach, but it also looks like rundown. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, the sunset, it's cinematic sunset. So beautiful. It's so beautifully framed with the two of, you know, just seeing the backs of them. They're almost yeah. silhouetted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having that, like, two seconds of seeing the code on her arm, it tells you everything. It tells you everything. everything it would and the, the the important thing is really as well why why it's so poignant is that neither character acknowledges it no and neither character mentions it throughout the rest of the film but you as an audience get to know because we know history and yeah, everything else yeah, yeah. Of, of what happened there um we can pretty much surmise her entire backstory and also maybe give an explanation as to why she lives the way she does That's, because yeah. she's living for everyone who didn't make yeah, it out? Yeah, that's it. That's that's what I was gonna say. It's like you just get the brief this number, and you're just like this seventy nine year old woman, you know, crazy, free spirited. All this, all this stuff has been and seen some shit. Like I was trying to work it out. Like she's seventy nine at that point, so she must have been maybe in her thirties, maybe when she was in the camp. I, I'm just speculating. Um, and I'd hate to uh, imagine what she would have had to have gone through, what she has seen, you know, what she had to deal with after. And now here she is. I loved the sequence where they, they like it was a weird transition. They were sat in a field of daisies. Yeah. There's just flowers everywhere. And Harold says to her, like, I wish I was like these daisies. They're like all the same. And she's like, they're not all the same. You know, some bend left, some bend right, some have fewer petals everybody's different and then it kind of weirdly transitioned that the two of them were sat in a graveyard now and it was just wall-to-wall -wall white you know gravestones i was like oh my god the imagery in this movie is so beautiful it really is yeah you know yeah. just leveled everything in that all i'm all i have to do is i have to just follow this young guy and this old woman walk through life 
you know, they've they've come at a point in their life, and Harold is learning a lot. Yeah, I mean, this film takes place over the course of a week, I believe. Yeah, that, because that Maud fucking says, shook like, me. she's turning eighty in, in within a week, and, yeah, and that's her 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 tire prime is over. Yeah, and so she's living every moment up until her eightieth birthday. Uh, all the while, like you said, we keep cutting back to Harold, who has to. You know, after after some incidents, he ends up. His mum has had enough with him, and it's like, I'm taking you. You're joining the army. Oh you're, yeah. You're taking you to your uncle's. Who you know, he's he's lost an arm in an accident or at war. The uncle was amazing. Right. He's got a little string that he pulls that to actually salute. moves the actual arm. The that sleeve. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but uh, 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 things don't work out here either. He, he ends up literally recruiting Maud. Well they go to the beach um and and Harold convinces his uncle that he's really excited to join the army because all he wants to do is kill. kill. Yeah. All he wants to do is kill and you start to get from the uncle that he's like, "Whoa, Harold, <laughs> that's a part of it, but <laughs> <wait> a <minute>. <laughs> <laughs> that's not all. No, I'm going to I got to squash people's heads in and with my bare hands and break their and smash and you're like, "Whoa, bayonet people." And... Okay, how come that? And then he, they come around this corner. It's just them. It's just the uncle and Harold go on this beach and they come around the corner and there's Maud with a sign that says P Right, <laughs> and they start like Harold and Maud start having this fight, like this play fight. You're the guy. You're the you know you're the people trying to destroy the world, and and Harold's like, yeah, well you're the commies that are trying to take over, and they start they run down that, that stairway. Yeah, yeah, another beautiful shot. I was like, man, I wish I could walk down those stairs. It looks so fun. The different dates, man. I oh god, yeah. I was kind of in stitches with these. <laughs> Like, is it the first or second one that he sets himself on fire? I think it's the, yeah, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the girls just sat there looking out the window like, oh my God, Harold. And it hurt as well where she was like, uh, you know, the mum says to the girl like, so, you know, wh uh, who, whose idea was it for, obviously, for you to come to meet Harold? She was like, well, I'm part of a sorority and uh, I drew the shortest straw. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So I wanted to see. And then you had another girl who who uh, Harold uh, shows her what um, Harry Carey is like because they've got these swords. And so he, you know, stabs himself in the gut and he rips his guts open. And she loves it so much. She's an actress that she starts doing Juliet. Right, from Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> so she starts performing with him. And I was like, well, you know what? At least she's trying. I was like, that's not actually a bad match. Exactly. Like, you can yeah. both have your, your kill yourself theatrics whenever you want now. But you know Harold really doesn't like any of them you know no. there's one woman for him and so he's got this whole plan to marry her on her 80th birthday and they he, he sets all up he he goes there and he's got the flowers already like it's it's absolutely beautiful you know i like i kept waiting for the moment for more to turn around to harold and say like no we can't i'm too old you're too young blah 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 but she she just went with it and i was just like this that's that's exactly what we kind of say in some kind of cultures and things it's like age isn't really a number as long as you're two consenting adults and you know Maud really does kind of love Harold not as a friend or sees him as a son she actually sees him as a young man you know and she's loving the fact that he's seeing her as a young woman and uh he he goes there and he, he's getting her birthday already and he's he says, like, I love you so much and, you know, I really want to spend the rest of our time together. And he's got a ring. And Maud turns around. She's like, oh, my God, this is, this is so wonderful. This is going to make this farewell so much harder. And I was like, what? what? A farewell? A farewell, what? Where are you going? Where are you going, Maud? Well, you're not going anywhere. Are you?
there. I took the tablets an hour ago. I'll be gone by midnight. And the way that Ruth Gordon just turns around so fucking eloquently, so fucking just straight lace, where she's just like, I took the pills like an hour ago. I'll be I'll be gone by midnight. I fucking died inside. Oh yeah. It's so crushing. Yeah. You're just like, oh man, like there's nothing you there's nothing you can do. Like Harold just has he is just so resigned. This whole hospital sequence was amazing to watch. Yeah. You know, because like, you want her to live. Part of you wants her to live. Part of you wants her and Harold to be together because that's how these rom-coms fucking, these stories work out. But also part of you, from everything that you've known and everything that you've followed with Ruth Gordon explaining to you as, as her character, you also kind of know that, you're like, sh she's not leaving the hospital. And so the director, you know, Hal Ashby, I haven't seen a lot of his work. Um, I did wiki it after, and I, I particularly like the poster of um, from the last detail. I think it is with uh, Jack Nicholson in a sailor suit like this. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of got to see that. Like, I kind of like for some reason Jack Nicholson kind of. Um, but he, yeah, the imagery and the music in the film just worked so well, especially this last sequence where, you know, we're we're intercutting between Harold driving his car really 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 fast to him getting more to the hospital you know he's saying to her like you can't die you can't die and she's just like look go and love some more okay this was wonderful i've had my time and you know they get to the hospital and the music cat stevens comes back and like i said we hadn't had cat stevens for about half an hour <laughs> yeah and it was like it, so it, it, it hurts almost when it comes in because it's the familiar yeah um but it's also it's just like it, it, it just cements like we you this is going where you think it's going yeah but bud court was so brilliant because you can't hear him he's talking to the doctors and, and the music's playing over all the words and stuff and you see their last grasp yes as they as went they, through the door yeah and then you see just montage of him sitting in different places waiting waiting and waiting and then the doctor comes out and bud just breaks down there's no it's just music yeah yeah oh yeah and the we're song in between yeah. the car and so you know now that he's driving and then the car goes off a fucking cliff and freeze frames and you're just like oh i didn't see that coming <laughs> like i know he was like yeah. suicide like but, fantasy but yeah but me my brain was like nah he can't be because maud would not no want exactly yeah i was nah. just like yeah that's not right and then yeah, we watched the car. Then, you know, I, was, I thought the credits were going to roll. I yeah. really did. But then the car continues yeah. and literally plummets and, and hits the ground upside down. And I was like, okay. Oh, he, 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 he dead. No. But no, he's actually playing the instrument that Maud gave him. Yeah. Because she asked him, what does he play? And he's like, I don't play anything. And no. so she opened this wardrobe full of instruments and she went, mm, yes, this one for yeah. you. And. The end of the film, he's just starts strumming, strumming again. Well, we saw him track. earlier playing it, but yeah. now he's actually getting into the song or into a rhythm. Like, like he's going to enjoy life from yes. now. Music, he's yes. free. He can. Yeah. He's he's gonna. You know, maybe maybe Maud's death is his traumatic experience, and now to enjoy life as, yes. as Maud had had with hers. I mean, there's she so taught, many, yeah, that's the lesson she left him. Yeah, so absolutely. many different lessons and ideas that you can look at it, but it's just such a like like I was hurt. But I was also uplifted at the end yes. of the credits when the credits started to go and he's just playing music. That I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> it is so bittersweet.
Ian, what were your favourite scenes? Oh man, um, I it's a lot of Ruth Gordon. It is like her stealing the car at the beginning, um, and then bombing around uh, in the priest car. Uh, like, like I said, the crazy driver. She's going up against the tree. Um, the the personality quiz sequence with Bud and his mum. I was fucking dying. The actress playing the mum, her answers, like you said, her comedy timing, you know, every time she's writing, you know, should women be in politics? Well, yes, maybe one day. And I'm just like, <laughs> this very conservative view. Do you sometimes have headaches or backaches after a difficult day? Yes, I do indeed. Do you go to sleep easily? I'd say so. The earth is my body, the stars are my head. That was a line from Moore describing just how she exists. And I was just like, you know, that just, I, I, I understand like a lot of people go give into that whole, oh, hippie, free love, free world kind of stuff. But like I said, once you get to the age of 80, you know, once you've been through some shit, you might just kind of give up on the ideologies of, you know, hating on things. You might just be like, oh, fuck it. I'm the earth and the stars, mate. You know, I'm stardust. Um, the, the fucking cop chase with Tom Skerritt. That was just absolutely amazing. The first time going there, dropping the tree off, and then, then they're coming back and losing him again and stealing the the the, uh, the, the, the bike. I love the whole uncle sequence um, when they're running around the beach, you know, because this is the way the Bud Court is as well. Like, like, I've seen a lot of stuff that Bud Court's in, but I don't know if he's more... Uh, like a more of an actor who can emote without emoting like in this like we knew he was dark and somber because he just had this look he's so quiet like i've every now and again i have to remind myself he's god from dogma right you know everyone, he, he's the oh. guy he's the guy at the yeah. beach at the yes. beginning yeah, dogma, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's yep, god yep. Yep. you know so i have to remind myself <laughs> um and my favorite last sequence um it, it hurts but it's it's the sequence where she announces that she's she's taking some pills, and Bud, you know, screams what? And then the whole journey in the ambulance to the montage in the hospital. Cat Stevens playing over. Oh my god! If we could all go that way, Cat Stevens playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. This film is a treasure trove of of favorite scenes. For me, the first one that stood out was Mum reading the dating profiles yeah. and, and questioning him whilst Harold is loading his gun. Yeah. Like the to the comic timing there was just brilliant. The the composition perfect. It told the story really really well. And of course, I loved all of the subsequent dates as well, where he literally just scares them all off. And there's one like shot in particular that that I that just cracked me up so yeah. much. I actually found out that it was an ad libbed moment as well. It wasn't, right. wasn't scripted or planned. And that's after he's done the, the Burning Man. Yeah, yeah. And the girlfriend's run off. And the camera kind of just lingers there on, on Harold and his mum. And he looks and at the Harold camera. And Harold looks at the camera. <laughs> and, he's, and he just slowly starts to give this sinister grin. That was not scripted. Yeah, he just yeah. did it. I was like, yeah, that was perfect. Uh, there's also another moment where he flips the finger as well. Again, that wasn't scripted. He just kind of did it. And I was just like, it, the comedic timing of it, it, it worked. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorite sequences, because it was so, so, so bizarre to hear these words coming out of a priest. <laughs> where the priest is like, Harold, I'm here to sit you down and tell you that what you're doing is morally questionable. How could your oh. young, firm <laughs> yeah. flesh... Intermingle with that withered, sagging Drooping. body. <laughs> it was just like, 
What? Wait a minute. The priest's delivery of how his description of their sex life, I was, yeah. <laughs> Matt, I mean, just to, just to go to show, like, uh, how... how far-reaching this film has actually been in, in pop culture. Yeah, Even yeah. Family Guy riffed that priest sequence nice. uh, from the movie with Stewie being the priest. <laughs> the fact of your firm, young body co-mingling with the withered flesh Sagging breasts. Um, and another sort of uh, moment in the film as well. It wasn't really the scene itself, but it was just some of the dialogue, which yeah. I which I really liked. Especially some of the sort of enlightening things that that Maud would say. And you know, of course, Harold is just like, you know, I, I enjoy being dead. Uh, and Maud is like, well, a lot of people enjoy being dead, yeah. but they're really not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why bother? you know, limboing around when you could just have a spark and an energy and yes. just go. And even if you get hurt, like, that's a part of it. Like, learn and move on and enjoy the hurt and enjoy what comes next. Yes. Like, instead of just having dead, you know. And uh, so, yeah, all of the little dialogue moments like that where where, where Harold is realizing, you know, what, what, uh, what, what sort of state of mind he's in. Yeah. Which, for a lot of people, would probably relate to it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then you get, you know, a... a, a a breath of fresh air, you know, a flash of energy in Maud, and it's captivating. You get drawn to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they are opposites that that attract, and all of the moments that they share together uh, just endear them to each other more and more. Uh, it's so sweet. Mm. Ian, do you recommend Harold I and Maud? Totally recommend Harold and Maud, and I will also throw out the warning as well that um, if you are not open to new ideas and trying out different things in film, then you are not going to find anything in this movie enjoyable. You're going to sit there and say, oh, this movie's boring, it's old, it's got nothing going on. And that will just show how maybe naive and clove-minded that you could be, which makes you a Harold, where a lot of people would like to be a Maud. You know, people who have been through some shit, seen some shit and gone, look, you know, it's hard, life sucks. It's always dark and broody and stuff. You've got to smile and get up and keep going because one day it's it's all gone and it's all over. And I like I'd never even considered ever fucking watching this movie or a movie on even along this line of kind of a plot. But like I said, when I got the idea to sit down and watch it for the review, I was happy. I was comforted you know i didn't need to overanalyze or or look into multiple layers of drama and understand all i had to do was watch this little old lady go about her life you know telling me to buck up and dance a little and maybe sing a little and be happy and by the end of it i was like yeah bitch you're right This is a cult classic film by director Hal Ashby that has been championed and loved by critics and fans since its release and I'm glad to have now seen it and to also sing its praises and fully highly recommend Harold and Maud as must-watch cinema. It's a very simple story that everyone can relate to about life, love and death with truly fantastic performances from Ruth Gordon and Bud Court, with an equally brilliant script from Colin Higgins. 
It's a wonderful and beautiful reminder to live each day to the fullest, to love unconditionally and seize those moments. There are some stunning cinematography, great composition, smart editing and good use of music. Cat Stevens wrote songs specifically for the film that yeah. just resonates with the characters and has a real charm to it. The film is also highly entertaining, filled with dark comedy moments and genuine laugh-out-loud moments. It was a pure joy to experience this story and film. It's included in the 1001 Movies to See Before You Die. It's listed in the top 100 greatest love stories in the American Film Institute. It's timeless. It's controversial. It's part of the counterculture movement of the late 60s that resonates today. It's a wonderful, wonderful film highest recommendation they will defy everything you think you've seen or heard about on-screen lovers thanks for watching off the shelf reviews my body has been a good friend but i won't need it when i reach the end i reach the end the earth is my body my head is in the stars